Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Have a conversation about the term housing bubble and we're going to talk about the affordability crisis one of these words makes me uncomfortable and one of them i agree with wholeheartedly and have this conversation we're going to bring on the one and only anna kelly how you doing Anna? good great to be here michael i like this topic yeah there you go so i will i will actually give you a chance to react before i kind of tilt the field uh when i say the word housing bubble or affordability crisis, does one hit you more or less than the other? Does What do you think of those Absolutely. two Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we clearly have a housing affordability crisis. I don't like the word bubble because bubble means it's going to pop. Bubble could be a, you know, crazed, uh, fear-mongering kind of term. Um, and it really isn't extremely helpful. Are we in a housing bubble? If that means that prices are elevated and they're going to pop, Maybe the bubble's already popping a little bit, but it also makes you think that prices are going to crash. And we may not have prices crash, although we clearly do have a housing affordability crisis where the, the price to own a home and have a mortgage is substantially elevated versus the wages that underlie those mortgages. And so the the home to wage ratio is definitely elevated. So I like that term better. Yeah, so I, I I agree explicitly, right? The the term housing bubble took off obviously because of what happened in 06, 08 and the aftermath, yes. right? That was clearly a bubble. And the reason I don't like housing bubble is again, most people hear that and they they translate it to it popping, right? Bubbles just right. pop. And what I've been trying to tell people the last year is, sure, that's one outcome for the housing market. I would propose in my 52-year spreadsheet, soon to be 53-year spreadsheet, shows you that most of the time, housing is more like a balloon where it just deflates slowly at different times, right? And there is no sexy term for that. People people really hate to hear that. The housing market is going to slowly move, right? It's price inelastic. And they just hate that. They all want it to just pop and just all this pain and bloodshed because, you know, they're all going to come in and, you know, buy again, which they won't because they'll all be scared just like last time. So that's why I hate the term housing bubble, because it it does two things. One is it creates imagery that's recent that I think is unlikely, not impossible, but unlikely. Um, and it gives people permission to do nothing. That is what really worries me about the housing bubble. So does, does that all that make sense? It does. It does. Because if you think that you're in a housing bubble that's going to pop, you're not going to buy. You're just going to yeah. say, let's wait till it's completely done popping. And it's hard to really time that exactly, as we talked about you know, in the first video today. It, it also means that you think that they're going to come down substantially. And yeah. it's rare that housing prices come down really substantially, especially in a generally flat economy that's slightly, you know, has slight growth. Let's say it's 2%, 3% per year growth. 
you're generally not going to have um, a situation where there's mass layoffs so broad in the country that people are going to have to sell their home. And yes, we had a housing bubble, you know, in 2006, 2007, leading up to 2008, 2009, but we had mortgages that were very unbalanced. They were high rates compared to where wages were. And and it's the mortgage market and the rates, the variable interest rates that really popped. Now we have this situation where over 80% of mortgages are sub 4% fixed. So most people can afford to stay in their homes. So you're not going to have this mass swath of sellers, this mass amount of inventory that creates so much supply with very little demand that forces values everywhere to really pop and that bubble to pop. We just don't have the economic underlying fundamentals that would cause that kind of thing. We've really got a fairly stable mortgage market, fairly stable interest rates on 80% of loans. So I don't think you're going to have this big increase of supply that's really needed in order for that bubble to pop. Yeah. Kind of the last thing about the last one, which was absolutely a bubble. People don't really understand. People, people who didn't go through it and they only look at charts, they don't understand the toxicity of the mortgage created. So let's just give one example. There was there was actually a, a type of mortgage where the first two years were at an artificially low rate, 1.9%. Some of them were 0.9%, yes. just ridiculously low. And then after two years, they reset to many times over 9%. But here's where that broke. The applicant was approved at the two-year artificially low rate. Yes. Not at the fully burdened 28 year, right? Two minus 30 is 28 remaining years at the 9% because the going concern was people will just refi. That yes. is not, that is now illegal. You must approve a borrower at the highest rate the loan can go to. Yes. And that's, that is a lot of the cause. And when people say uh, rates were high, you know, higher than or whatever, it, that's just, it might be right on a chart, but you, you were not in the game. Like right. 23% of loans originated in 06 were this toxic pick a payment, horrible underwriting, had to blow up loan. It's just right. what it was. The issues that we have today in commercial real estate, where we have rates that aren't fixed for 30 years, that have these variable terms with a, a rate maybe fixed two to five years, that's the same kind of th situation that we were dealing with with, with residential loans and a huge Three. percentage of those. And so, you know, if you can't cover the debt service once you increase that price and your price values are starting to come down a little bit because a lot of people are having the same problem and a lot of inventory is coming on the market, you really can't refi um, a home that's worth less and get into a rate that's generally stable. And so that kind of thing created a true housing bubble where this is just, you know, a, a situation where we had a lot of demand. It drove up prices like typically happens near the peak. And now we have a lack of demand, but we also have a huge lack of supply. And so that keeps prices at least elevated. Again, in some markets where you had massive increases, 50% increases in a year or two, that's starting to pull back in those areas that went really boomed quickly, they usually bust pretty quickly. But for most of the market, it's been a very stable increase and it's just slowing down. Prices are not really falling. Transactions are falling. So maybe we're in a transaction bubble, if you want to call it, but I would not say we're in a housing price bubble for sure. So I agree with you on this one. Yeah. So let's talk about affordability crisis because I, 
I agree with this and, and have pointed at it many times. Again, my 52-year spreadsheet shows that 2022 was the second least affordable year uh, for housing. I think only 1980 was worse. Uh, so I get it. It absolutely is. You can show me all the charts in the word about uh, household uh, you know, average income to this, to that. But again, this goes back to affordability crisis. There are many ways to fix that. Everybody wants to equate housing bubble with affordability crisis, and I don't see them as connected. They're they're separate paragraphs, if not separate books, not you know same sentence. And Explain the affordability that to me. Explain what you mean by that, Michael. A lot of the people that I hear talk about affordability crisis say we're in affordability crisis, and it's a housing bubble. The only way to get the housing of the affordability crisis fixed is for bubble to pop. And I'm like, no, that's just not true. That they're that's just not true. So yeah, one of the ways I see to what you're saying, because there's many different inputs, right? So yeah. when we talk about affordability, we talk about what is the payment every month compared, compared to where to the wages are. Exactly. And the payment is is um, a, a basically a fundamental of both the price that you pay and the interest rate, right? And then exactly. what type of loan term you have. And then there's wages. And so price only takes up, I think what you're saying, it's one third of the component, but there can also be adjustments downward of the interest rate again, and there could exactly. be adjustments upward of the wages. And both of those would take care of affordability as well. So yes. it is really important to understand if you want to figure out whether uh, an investment is a good investment and it's affordable, whether it'll cash flow, whether your home might be, is you need to look in those markets. And in, in addition to learning the the rents and the values in a market, learn what the wages are and, and learn what kind of interest rates are available. And if you can play with those things and you can see that it's more affordable than other areas because of better wages, for example, then that could be a great area to invest in. But yeah, to your point, there's a lot of things we can do to fix affordability. I do think in general, we had such a rapid escalation in prices that that escalation level is no longer sustainable. And if it continued, that would create some even further affordability and maybe a true bubble at that point that would have to pop. So the Fed's raising rates to slow that demand so that it doesn't create a huge bubble and so that it can get back in balance at some point. Yeah. And again, people, again, they make it the same sentence, right? How Affordability crisis, housing bubble. And back to kind of point number one, everybody wants it to pop and suddenly magically affordability is fixed in an instant, in a month, in a quarter. And what I've been trying to help people understand is I think the far more likely outcome is that over the next two or three years, rates will generally come down. I believe prices, again, nationally speaking, are basically boring and flat, you know, 1%, if anything. And then we have wage inflation. I believe the average, certainly average first-time homebuyers' wages were going to go up much like the 1970s. I think wages, you know, 5%. Will be, you know, you get 5% wage increase for four or five years. That's a heck of a compounding. And I think housing generally slowly gets to be more affordable when you stop these crazy run ups. Rates general, I mean, rates are down a one almost one, one and a half points in eight weeks or 10 weeks. And then if you yeah. get three or four years of wage growth, 
magically the affordability thing is, is better. Even if we don't have wage growth, because I think it's going to take some time to come back. But again, it depends on what sector you're employed in, right? But I think generally speaking, one of the things that I'm I'm seeing a, a lot of talk about in mortgage news daily, it, it, let's just say all kinds of news forums that I'm in that are related to, to financial news and mortgage news is that the government and many large banks that are working on loan programs, they're really targeting affordability. So they're coming up with, like we said they would last year, new programs to help exactly. people to get into houses, even though they can't afford them. So they might be really low rates, but instead of teasers, they just get a better rate because their you know, wage is under the median or you know, down payment assistance, 100% um, financed properties. And so the government's trying to fix the, the crisis the affordability crisis with mortgage programs that'll help kind of uh, fill the gap until wages do get up to where they need to, to catch up with where prices are if prices remain flat. Yeah. And then the last thing about affordability crisis, again, there we talk about wages, price, and uh, wages, price, and interest rate. There's actually a fourth variable, supply. We could actually encourage the building of affordable homes. Now, generally speaking, these will be smaller. Maybe it's 3D printing. Maybe it's this. I don't know what it is, but there is a fourth variable that nobody ever talks about is, you know what? If we actually created more of this stuff, it would be cheaper. So again, there is a fourth variable that can affect the house, the affordability crisis that nobody talks about. It is supply. We just, we need to do better. And that's usually handled at the local or state level. But if you really want to affect the affordability crisis, go build some affordable freaking homes, people. Right. And there are government programs that are incentivizing us to develop. You know, I'm developing multifamily properties in Dallas and we've got two, you know, key programs that are basically incentivizing building. And one is giving you a larger loan to value with supplemental loans that come in that reward you for green housing, um, energy efficiency and paying prevailing wages. And so they want you to pay those prevailing wages to keep wages high. They want them energy efficient. And if you do that, you get tax credits, you get better loans, better rates and higher funding. And so the government is trying to tackle this from many different angles to your point that a lot of people don't talk about. And, and that's a promising thing. Yeah, no, no question. So again, I totally agree. We have affordability crisis. I do think there are four metrics that can be played with, and they are best done all together. I think a housing bubble within with the vision of it popping is unwise. Certainly not probable. Possible, sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that. I and then when you connect them, that's really where I get like my skin crawls. It's like they're not connected. Stop it. So Anna, where can people find you? Love it. You can find me here every week. You can find me on social media at Anna Kelly, REI Mom and REIMom.com. Awesome. Thank you so much.